Good evening, everybody. The Kielbasa Kings sports extravaganza on the air again in what's been a very interesting week of sports in the area. Scott Wisniewski joined by Jake Kokorowski. Jake, my man, a lot happening. It's it, Not all of it good news. Good news for the Badgers. and We'll talk about a huge game they have coming up. Bad news for the Packers. And maybe good news for the Bucks. And I know next week we're going to try to spend some more time talking about it. I guess just the big news is uh, the Bucks acquire Bledsoe from the Suns. Don't have to give up Brogdon or Thon Maker. Thought it was a good deal. But why don't we start with you know? Let's start with the bad news. I always like to end on a good note. So let's start with the Packers. And 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 Jake, first of all, before we talk about Martellus Bennett, how's everything in your world? Doing well. It's. You know, uh, I'll be starting with Bucky's fifth quarter now, covering some men's basketball games at home for their home series. So uh, that's, the season starts tomorrow night, and hopefully we'll have someone on maybe next week talk. Maybe we'll have a basketball, a big basketball show to, uh, next uh, next week Thursday when we come back. Uh, but it'll be, you know, we got you know obviously Badger football number eight in the college football playoff rankings. We got. Uh, you know, Ben's basketball starting up both for Marquette and for, for uh, Wisconsin for that matter. And, you know, football is alive and well, except you would say for the Green Bay Packers, which after that loss against the Detroit Lions, uh, after a bye week and having time to prepare, and maybe we can just get into this before we start talking about Martellus Bennett and his unceremonious exit from Green Bay into the arms of uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, yeah. It is a... Uh, you know, a, you know, a, let me just say it disappointing and disappointing loss, extremely disappointing. And on top of that, uh, the, the way that those first two drives were, were a microcosm for this game and for this team without Aaron Rodgers, where right. there's promise, they drive down the field, a bad snap leads to a missed field goal, and then a possible potential three and out is wiped out by mm. a dumb penalty that was acknowledged by Mike Daniels by one of their best players, but led Detroit to get that at first down by a penalty. And then they drove down to the touchdown to set the tone for the rest of the game. So that, you know, the the tone for the game. So here's the thing. I didn't want to believe it when you heard people say that. I mean, there were pundits out there that said, if the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, they're one of the worst three teams in football. Okay. And obviously, you know, nobody wants to believe that. Right. Um, I didn't think they – listen, they're not a playoff team without Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I probably believe that. But they really are starting to look like one of the worst three teams in football. And I really wouldn't be surprised if they help Cleveland get their first win in like three or four weeks. Uh, and, I, and that's not even tongue-in-cheek anymore. But, but here's the thing. That loss was embarrassing. I thought they would lose the game. I didn't think they would get waxed on their home field against the Lions team that's – Average at best. Yes, they're average at best. Uh, that, that It's an embarrassment. The Packers are looking like an embarrassment, not just a bad team. I don't want to hear the Packer fans attack me and say, well, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. I get it. They look awful. Their defense, awful. Some of the play calling, awful. The running game, average. Receivers are good, but if you can't get them the ball, what good does it do? This team stinks right now. And they go into Chicago. Chicago's favored. And even though Mitchell Trubisky hasn't completed double-digit passes uh, since he became a starter, I can't see a, a, a scenario where the Packers win the game this week. 
I they very well. I mean, it's one thing if if, if that was the wake up call, which the Saints game should have been the wake up call in the first place. But right. The Bear. I mean, I I think they'll lose this week. I think they can win. I think there's. A, I think they're they have more talent around them than what they've had in years past. Besides Aaron Rodgers, but it's just they. Uh, you know, you have Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams, uh, and yet you still can't utilize them effectively enough to win a game. Right. Uh, and you have on defense, you know, Mike Daniels and, and Kenny Clark at defensive tackle that, you know, and they have, a, a, in my opinion, a pretty good defensive line. Outside linebackers, obviously they need depth, and you saw a little bit of Vince Beagle, uh, but he, they need more than that. Uh, obviously, and the secondary, you know, Demarius Randall's not playing bad, but they have injuries on uh, in <laughs> in that part. Uh, Morgan Burnett's not playing this week against the Bears. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, no one's stepping up. Uh, you know, no one really stepped up. Brian Bulaga's out for the year, yeah. too. Let's not forget right. that. Right, yeah, and, and then his backup is, uh, was, according to some the reports that were tweeted out, to you know, to the media from the media, it sounds like his backup is also was limited or, or, or didn't practice. I think it was he didn't. It was limited participation today. But so it, it's it's not a. I mean, this team they have the they have the ability to beat the Bears. They're not though. Uh, I don't know the Bears. You know the Bears will do a good job pressuring the quarterback. Right. So and and that would have been even they have a great Bilaga, defense. Right. So that was even if Belaga was in the game. Right. Now the Bears receiving core might be the worst in football. But it could be a battle of attrition because guess what? They're playing the worst secondary in football. So something's got to give, right? Somebody's going to have to win that battle. Will it be the worst receiving core or will it be the worst secondary? I tend to usually give the advantage to the offense when it's when it's two, you know, two of the bottom in each position category. So unfortunately, somehow the Bears will find a way – Trubisky will find a way to throw for 200 yards at least, and and I think Howard, Jordan Howard, and and Cohen will run all over the Packers for almost 200 yards. They're going to give up 400 yards of offense. And let's just say, let's 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 play devil's advocate. Let's say the defense holds the Bears under 20 points, which will be a tall order because the Bears could score a defensive touchdown. It wouldn't surprise me, right? But let's say they hold the Bears to under 20. Okay. Do you think Hunley has shown you anything that makes you think they can he can score twenty one? No, I mean you know it's one thing too where I mean Hunley didn't, but also on top of that the you know, the rushing attack that they deployed, which looked good in, on the first drive, especially with Hunley on those things. I mean I don't know I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not I don't know I'm not a play caller I'm not sophisticated in their scheme by any stretch and I don't, I don't cover necessarily the Packers as much as I do with the Badgers but uh-huh. it is the run game it seemed like they abandoned the run game with Aaron Jones mm-hmm. uh, was it like five or six touches mm-hmm. uh, in the run game uh, they utilized Ty Montgomery here and there to some success where you know he had some decent runs and, and he maybe he's more beneficial as a blocker in the type of scheme that would make Hundley a better quarterback but uh, you know, I, I feel that it's a, uh, I, I, yeah, I just I don't see it. And you hope that maybe this this third game turns it. There's some improvement. But then again, you're going up against a better Bears defense. That you know, right. this, this could turn ugly. Better than the Lions defense, and now they're going on the road. And here's the thing. Yeah, okay, fine. Montgomery had a decent enough game. What did Aaron Jones do though? In the time that he's played, he's looked really good. 
to warrant only a handful of touches. Like, again, that's inconsistency. Look, I haven't been a Mike McCarthy hater. You know that. Last year, I thought that he was losing the team and he they rallied around him, and, and I, I gave him his props for that. But let's be honest, from a play-calling standpoint in these last couple of years, I, I, I wasn't mad in the New Orleans game that he didn't give Hundley, the, he didn't take the reins off him because they were running the ball well. And that was because of Aaron Jones. But this week, then you don't use the guy? I mean, what? You know, it, you have to. It, it, it's, it's baffling. It, so this week, I'm not giving him the pass that I gave him against the Saints. I'm talking about Mike McCarthy. But it just doesn't make any sense. Um, it's almost like he's being exposed. And I think if he had a whole offseason to figure this out without Aaron Rodgers, they'd have, maybe have some better schemes and some better success. But it's, it, I feel like he was caught with his pants down figuratively um, with his pants down when Rodgers got hurt, but now he's had three weeks and he still hasn't figured it out. He's still kind of, you know, lost out. He's the, he's the little boy lost in the city and he's still in a corner shaking under a fire escape instead of coming out looking for help. That's what, that's the analogy. He's just, he's, he's in an alley kind of behind some garbage cans, just shaking because his mommy's not there to find him. Okay, at some point you got to get out of there and find some help. Find a police officer. Find somebody. Go get some help, Mike. Be a man. Man up. Okay. Yeah, you got lost. You 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 got uh, you lost the best player in football. Okay, that stinks. You've lost a lot of players. You've played injured or with injured teams, I should say, in through most of your tenure, and you figured it out somehow. You got to figure this out, man. And if you don't figure it out. You know what? Maybe it's time. Maybe it is time for a regime change because maybe they're just not that deep. You know, the, let's, we've talked about it before. The drafts haven't been as good since the, the, the Packers lost guys like Schneider and McKenzie and Dorsey. And everybody talks about the heir apparent should be Elliot Wolf if Ted Thompson ever resigns or when he retires. Why? Elliot Wolf has been in that draft room helping, and these drafts haven't been that damn good. Why not go out there and find Dorsey? He would come back. He'd leave Kansas City to come back. Go find him. Go get him. Go find somebody else because it's not working like it used to. Ted Thompson was a very good general manager. He's not anymore. Mike McCarthy was a, a good head coach who looks pretty average right now. And, and I'm, I'm not willing to say he stinks. I'm not going to throw a lot of hyperbole like, like a lot of the emotional fans. But he's been very average at best this year. And I think it's starting to show, and it's starting to wear thin. And I'm going to ask you the question, and I'll answer it first. Right now, and this is going to sound bold and, and maybe crazy, I think they're a 6-10 and 10 team. What's their window? What's their ceiling? How many games are they going to win this year, Jake? I mean, all right, I'm going to take a look at the – I forgot to bring up the schedule. Oh, I mean, it's awful. It's yeah. awful. Man, listen, I'll, I'll help you out here. They've got the Bears, who aren't good. They've got Tampa, not good. They've got Cleveland, not good. They got Baltimore at home, at, at Lambeau, not good. You would think that that's four wins right there, right? right so right. you would think that if that's the case, maybe the, if they could win those four games, you know, because they already lost to Detroit at home, if they could win those four games, maybe their ceiling is a 9-7 and seven team. And maybe 10 wins if Rodgers does come back for the last two weeks of the season, although I don't think that's likely. But so on paper – they look like they could win nine games, but yeah. the eye set, the, the the eye test doesn't pass. They're a six-win team right now. Yeah, I mean, I I think 
they, I mean, right now with the four wins, if they're lucky to get two wins, I think that hey, that's right. It's one of the things where they have to prove it now. I mean, you know, we everyone. I mean, I think you and I tried to temper ourselves when it came to, especially me, like trying to be a little bit more optimistic. Brett Hundley, you know, obviously giving Mark McCarthy the benefit of the doubt, being the quarterback. Well, you're the quarterback. you're the optimistic one on this. That's for sure. I, I, I said trying to be the quote-unquote quarterback risk whisperer. And I will uh, let me just say, like, he knows a ton more about football than I do. Of course he does. I, but... I, you know, I'm just, I'm, and I'm just stating that. And so, you know, but from the outside looking in, I just don't, you know, like, you see some of the quarterbacks that they've tried to produce recently outside of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Scott Tolzien has not, you know, done well. I mean, he, he they've elevated him to be an NFL-quality quarterback, which is huge. Uh, but, it, you know, in terms of starting, uh, you've seen what's happened in Indianapolis. Uh, you take a look at, you know, with with Hundley, and we've had Brett on this show, and, you know, good kid. And he's got some – you've seen flashes from him where he's had a solid throw, throwing, you know, leading the receiver into the window, uh, and among other things that, that are intriguing. But, uh, you know, for me, for this for this team, they now it's time to prove it. Okay. You know, I don't foresee that you know, if they can get to six wins, I think that's a that's a plus. <laughs> uh, you know, which is sad to say, especially after the start that they had and the potential that this team has with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, because Aaron masks so many deficiencies that are in the uh, in this franchise. Well, and and here's the scary thought. So very scary thought. First of all, the myth of Mike McCarthy as a quarterback whisperer is dead. I think that. You know, if you want to give him a, I'll give him fifteen percent of the credit for Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers' raw talent did that in. But how about this? Floated out on talk radio today, and uh, the the potential, the possibility of Aaron Rodgers opting out of his contract. What does that do to this organization? I mean, I'm I'm not ready to say that's going to happen, but for crying out loud, why would what? If you're him, let, let's just let's play devil's advocate. Forget about the well, he's loyal. Well, he's my guy. Blah blah blah. Just look at it from his eyes, right? What right. makes him feel that he can win a Super Bowl by looking at the defense around him for one, and some of the other things that have happened? Yes, he still has some skilled players around him. He, don't know if Bulaga's ever going to be the same, and if he when if he comes back, he probably won't be ready for next year. What makes him optimistic and, you know, not a ton of cap room to go out and get players and a team that doesn't go out and get free agents anyway. And this year they did and Martellus Bennett and it was a flop. So why wouldn't he consider walking? Right. And so, I mean, you know, it's, I, we'll, we'll get to Mar- Martellus in just a second, but yeah, I, I mean, it's one thing where they very well might, you know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, you, I think it's a franchise. If that would happen, that's then, you know, uh, you're looking at <laughs> dark times. Oh yeah, uh, at least but, at least five years to rebuild, at least. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and trying to find a you know a, a, some you're not gonna re- let, me, let me just say you're not gonna replace Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. You'd have to enough of of a defense and a running game around him and get a quarterback that you hope is a top ten quarterback. Right now you have a top two quarterback, but it's gonna be it'd be at least five years before you'd be able to build up all the pieces around him and then maybe get lucky and find a guy as good as Carson Wentz in the draft or something like that. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Jacob Gorowski, Scott Wisniewski, the Polish Rifle, uh, here on the 
Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Now, you'll hear on this podcast, we recorded late on Thursday night, and I was set to publish on Friday. So if you're wondering why this sounds so kind of post-production put together kind of oddly, well, we wanted to talk about Martellus Bennett and his situation first being really, you know, essentially waived by the Packers, now being picked up by the New England Patriots. And, well, we were all set with our thoughts and opinions until Friday when I was about ready to publish the podcast. And next thing you know, Martellus Bennett kind of goes off on Instagram, uh, given his side of the story. And, Scotty, it is, I mean, it's a, basically accuses team doctor Pat McKenzie of saying, you know, saying that he didn't trust his words, that he... Uh, you know, and we we talked about this in the podcast where I wanted to kind of hear what he had to say about it. But but the story, and you look at all the support that you know, it basically, Bertelsmann tried tried to call out Team Doctor Pat McKenzie for trying to get him to play, even though he wasn't comfortable or that he wasn't comfortable with his words, uh, trying to frame yeah. it that way. But then you see the outpouring of support from a, a Jordy Nelson, a uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Former and current Packers all uh, basically calling the bat for the team doctor. Uh, with, yeah, and so I mean this this uh, the story doesn't get better for Martellus Bennett. No, I told you when we were doing this live that Martellus Bennett, um, you know, while while an interesting character, has had problems with people in most places he's been except New England. Uh, it's interesting that the shoulder injury seemed to get bad for him when Aaron Rodgers went down. Kind of kind of curious. He started talking about retirement. He, let me let me just give you two points. And then I'll give you my opinion. Point number one, by and large, everybody who's come through this organization, the Packers have had their fair share of injuries in the last multiple years, right? I mean you can't argue with that. And but everybody who's come through this organization uh, has shared the same view, which is uh Dr. McKenzie's a conservative doctor, meaning that he'll rather hold you out an extra week than have you play and put yourself in harm's way. And sometimes to, you know, the the bewilderment of me, we've talked about it on the show, like, why is he not playing? I thought he was clear, you know, that sort of thing. So it's it, so the, across the organization, across the league, Dr. McKenzie's had a reputation of, erroring to the side of the player to make sure that he's okay. Okay, so that, that's that been pretty much, you know, not refutable, right? The other thing that's not refutable is when you hear Martellus Bennett say, well, you know, my this injury is so bad, they didn't want to believe me, they wanted me to play through it, but I need surgery, they need to shut me down. I offered to go on the IR. Okay, let's just leave that alone for a minute. But then... He signed with New England and is not put on the IR. Now, can somebody explain to me how the shoulder could be so bad that you couldn't play, Martellus? I mean, not just miss a game or two, but you couldn't play. Like They're going to shut you down and have surgery. Yet you're not on the IR for the Patriots. I, can, can you, am I missing something, Jake? Uh, no, I mean, it, it just, it, to me, and the inference is, is I was too hurt to play for Brett Hundley. But I will go to bat with an injured shoulder and play for Tom Brady, uh, and win a ring, and yada yada yeah, yada. I mean that that's 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 the that's the optics of this, and I you know players. It's one thing where life is fleeting, the NFL career is fleeting. 
I I can understand trying to, wanting to play for for Tom Brady after Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone. However, it is a um, you're, you gave you know the optics are that you gave up on an organization that that brought you in, and it seemed like this team embraced him uh, when it came to you know you see like the 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 gifts on the imagination. Uh, agency that he did with the videos with a bunch of, of of Packers, which now seems like an eternity ago, and it seems like they're having a good time, and and it seemed like they, there was an embracement there, and 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 I mean I was right because see- when he's on your team, when he's on your team, uh, he's likable enough, and he's a funny guy, but if he if he leaves, especially if he leaves because he's unhappy somewhere, then you kind of find out another side of him. I don't know if it's. I don't know what it is. I don't know who the real Martellus Bennett is. I mean, it, it, what I do know, though, is um, he clearly, clearly, evidently um, was unhappy after, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't think he was happy with his production to begin with. He was unhappy after Aaron Rodgers went down. And if he would have just orchestrated his way out, yeah, people would have been mad at him. Packer fans were mad at him for some reason, even though he really wasn't performing. But this part is what, is going to be what you remember. He would have left. It would have been a blip on the Packer history page, right? Because then it was here for eight games. Okay, cool, right? But now he's calling on an organization, and I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. I don't have any ties to the league or ties to the Now he's lying to make himself look better. I don't. And that piece could have been complete. We could have ignored it. I could have left it alone with, hey. Martellus Bennett signed with the Patriots. All right, good. Good for him, whatever. He's out. He wasn't happy here. Now the Packers don't have to pay him. It would have gone, It would have went away. This story's not going to go away for a while, and it's certainly going to be remembered longer than it would have been if he just had gotten released and signed somewhere else. Yeah, no, it's a weird situation on a Friday. And just watching it unfold and what he said, and, and you know, like you said, like the – all the doc, you know, all the players came to bat. Like Leroy Butler uh, was one of the first. Tom Crabtree, uh, who now does work for ESPN Wisconsin as a as a Packers analyst. Aaron Rodgers comes out to bat for him. Uh, and in that Instagram, well, think about, went, go ahead. Think about that. All the Packers that have gone through the organization, all the players, not just the guys that were, are beloved. Nobody has said a bad word about the medical staff and Dr. McKenzie. So again, you know, you could sit there and say, you know, people are going to get mad because I called Martellus Bennett a liar, and that's fine. But I'm just looking at, it's an accounting of the facts. If this were a court of public opinion, you know, you look at all the facts. The facts are high-profile players who I respect a lot more than than Martellus Bennett. Not one has nary said a word about Dr. McKenzie but we're going to believe the word of Martellus Bennett and compounded by the fact that he's signed and not on IR with another team. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been looking, if I'm not mistaken, I was taking a look at even Ryan Grant got in on the action talking about stuff um, as well. So it's, it, yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre situation, and it's a. I mean, it, like you said, like seeing how this goes down. I mean, I'm really intrigued to see how. I mean, I think the obvious answer or the obvious conclusion is that Ted Thompson, uh, you know, may shy away more from free agency. But 
you know, obviously they tried to replace a Jared Cook who, you know, I and I don't know the timeline, but, you know, it, right. in hindsight, Jared Cook's having a great year with Oakland, and, and granted he couldn't stay healthy for most of last year, but... Um, well, and that was the that's what played into it. Let's right. be honest. Like, again, people are gonna. I, I'm mad at Ted Thompson. I'm upset with his recent drafts. I am. I think that he's lost his touch a little bit. That being said, I'm also not reactionary enough to blame everything that happens on him. Cook had some injury problems. They tried to shore up that position. They brought in Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendrick. He did his job as a GM, you know, but. Because of it, like we talked about earlier in this program that you're hearing now, it will likely make you go, well, look, and I went out and tried to help with free agency because that's what the fans wanted, and look how free agency works out sometimes. So, you know, again, I hope that's not the case as long as he's the GM, which honestly couldn't, might not be that much longer, but as long as he's the GM, I still think your due diligence is to look at the free agent market and see how you can improve your team. But, again, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Bill Johnson – uh, one of my former colleagues, one of the best around, has said over and over and over again when he used to defend Ted Thompson about not breaking the bank on free agency, he'd have example after example of NFL teams going out and grabbed free agents that, that were flamed out and you were on the hook for signing bonuses and other things. So, And you traded draft picks in a lot of cases to make some trades even on some guys, which is another thing Thompson doesn't usually do, make trades for players. He might trade draft picks. But he had some good, you know, some good reasoning and that, you know, I didn't always see the, his side of it. I was more towards the middle of the Thompson defenders and Thompson detractors, but things like this are making you go, Oh, I see why sometimes people don't want to go out and stick their neck out in free agent. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, see how much money they get back uh, from the deal. Uh, and just overall, uh, just how this plays out and, and how this, what happens with this team moving forward. Uh, and we gave our predictions uh, for the game. Did they change any for you? No. No. Packers still lose. Yeah, I'm guessing the same as well. So uh, on that note, uh, we'll, we'll go back to our regularly scheduled podcast that uh, you'll hear uh, talking about the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, who – uh, obviously, take on Iowa. They are still a 12, right around a 12 point favorite uh, heading into today's game. So, uh, on that note, Scott, thanks for uh, jumping on. And on this quick uh, breaking news edition of the podcast, you could say, uh, and guys, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week on the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza. The Packers have way bigger problems than Martellus Bennett and his lack of production. And we've seen it. It starts with a D and it ends with an E. It's called defense. Um, Speaking of defense, Badgers might have to rely on their defense. So I don't understand. Again, the polls are crap. I'm going to say it again. Garbage with a capital G. They move up one spot, even though Ohio State and Penn State move below them. Another team jumps them in the polls. They're number eight. Fine, whatever. Keep winning. However, a tough one this week, Jake. You had a team in Iowa absolutely violated Ohio State. Your best receiver now out for the season it's getting pretty thin in the ranks. Any worry that they could get beat this week? Oh, there's absolute worry. I mean, it, it's a – this is – I mean, beyond the fact of it being you – know, Wisconsin with the quest for uh, the, the undefeated season, this is a fact that this team, 
you know, is beaten up. And, and they're also, it's a rivalry game. That's the big thing is that Wisconsin and Iowa are, I call them cousins and almost identical when it comes to this, what they're built on with a physical game. I mean, I talked with Garrett Dooley yesterday. I mean, and he said it perfectly where, you know, this is a game where everybody know, you know, watching knows what each team's going to do. And they're going to try to run the ball, control the line of scrimmage with, with the big linemen, control the clock, and basically whoever's the most physical on the line in the trenches is going to win the game. And that's, I mean, this is in Iowa. Yeah, the one thing with Iowa that throws me off is that, yeah, they destroy Ohio State uh, 55-24 last week, which is an eye-opener, I think, to everybody. But then they a week prior, they beat Minnesota just 17-10. to Mm-hmm. And, all, and only gained 315 yards against P.J. Flex bunch, which they are not good this year. No. And so my quite yeah, so, but thing is though, it's a rivalry game. People do want the Heartland Trophy. Joe Ferguson, who leads the team with four interceptions, told me on Wednesday that you know they they bring that trophy you know into meetings and into you know meeting areas and practice to remind them of what they're playing for. So there's, there's, I mean, it, it means something, but I will, you've seen the potential of what they can do. And against one of the best teams, well, it's supposed to be one of the best teams, not just in the conference, but the nation. Uh, and, and they have, I think with Iowa, I mean, I'm, let's look at both sides of the ball real quick. Iowa has a, their tight ends with namely Noah Fant, Fant who had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two touchdown receptions against the Buckeyes, uh, you know, Ferguson, said that he's like a receiver and if, if he gets behind you and so you know wisconsin's passing defense is going to have to take into effect whether who covers him whether it's an outside linebacker or, or inside linebacker or safety depending on what type of scheme or coverage they run they're going to have to take into effect uh both him and i forgot the other tight end's name uh but you know those two could spell trouble and you know and but thing is though uh, Iowa's also had trouble running the ball at times. They had a great time against the Buckeyes. I think it's to the tune of over 200 yards, but it is a, you know, the tight ends could be a game changer for Iowa. Uh, on the opposite side of the ball, Wisconsin, you mentioned it, like, are they going to be able to pass? With yeah, what, yeah, that's a good question. So what are they going to do? Who's going to be available? And before you tell me that, let me ask you this. So, because you, you're in it right now, and, Quinton Cephas out for the season. Does that mean for the for the bowl game too? Is he out out or is he I out? Mean, they said out out. I mean, okay. they, they said out out for the season. And I mean, if they do get to the college football playoff, it will be interesting to see what happens there. But I don't feel that he'll be. I, I, I mean, they say out for the season. They're out for the season. Okay. So okay. I mean, I, I would I would assume even with a bowl game or the if they do run the table and then get into the college football playoff, which they should. You know, I'm saying if they do go undefeated, they should get into the college football playoff. Uh, I, I don't feel that – I mean, I would take it and assume that he is just flat out out for, for 2017 and okay. whatever games come after that. So so let me ask you this. Obviously, Fumagalli is going to be uh, the, uh, the guy who's going to get more plays. They're going to run the ball. We know all that. So let me ask you defensively, who has the best chance of playing, Dixon, Milk, or Rand? Um Will they all? Will two of them play? One of them play? Are they all? I mean, they're all questionable, and I know that it's even a, more of a mystery with injuries in college than it is in the NFL. But what's your thought? I mean, uh, you look at some of the reports. I didn't get a chance to go out there today, 
to, to talk with Paul Chris, but you know, Dixon, this is according to, I mean, there's a tweet out there by Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel saying that Dixon did practice on Thursday. I, I saw yesterday when I was down there, Isaiah Loudermilk, the defensive end, the redshirt freshman, uh, he was questionable, but he was in full pads. Uh, and it sounded like with Patrikas's quote that he did practice all, uh, you know, all week. And so uh, I would say probably I, I, I'm looking more towards louder milk be you know being available i mean i'm, I'm sure they're all going to be game time decisions if something acts up i mean even dakota dixon for that matter wasn't on the injury list two weeks ago against illinois and all of a sudden i get the champagne and, and they list him as out uh so you know so like you said the, the injury report can be uh they they report it but you know if something lingers and then all of a sudden pops up you know tomorrow for that matter you don't know however uh, I mean, I would, I, would, I think with Loudermilk practicing, that's a good sign. And then, uh, you know, Dixon, you know, him practicing on Thursdays is good. Uh, but if he can't go, I'm more confident. I mean, Dixon, by the way, I mean, he's the heart and soul, in my opinion, of this, of this team. He's a team captain, uh, and his presence would be much needed. However, I do feel at that position, like Joe Ferguson, who, who stepped up, uh, in recent weeks, I think he's a vi- more than capable backup, and you've seen him have two interceptions against Indiana last week, and, and you know three in the past two games with the one against Illinois. So, uh, but you know you would want a healthy Dixon uh, you know, that could play against Iowa. Uh, Rand, you know, I mean, I was surprised to see him on crutches on Tuesday. So right. we'll see if I mean that that popped out to me that he was in crutches in a boot. Wisconsin State Journal's Jason Galloway reported. That he, you know, a source told him that, you know, he was playing with a torn ligament in his foot. And so we'll see. Um, Honestly, we'll see uh, if he's, you know, anytime they're questionable, it's pretty much going to be a game time decision, in my opinion. So, uh, but I mean, the fact that Milk looked like, you know, according to reports and and from what I saw, uh, I think he's the best chance to play. Uh, And they'll need it. They'll need him. And Chikwe Obashi is back now, too. And now with Rand possibly hurt, you know, they're going to need that deep, you know, the, the front seven to really be physical and they're going to probably need rotations in and out because, you know, this is, this is, and what Joe Ferguson said, this is the first time that, that they've really faced a pro style offense that mirrors what Wisconsin does. And so it's going to get physical up front and, and Alec James and Connor Sheehy at end and, and Olive Sangapolu are really good. Uh, starting defensive linemen that have made an impact this year, but they, you know, but you need to have, uh, if you get a healthy louder milk, if you get uh, Obashi to play well too, I mean, that's only going to help with the depth and, and keep those guys fresh and, and what could be, you know, a really physical game. All right. So then let's, let's, let's just ask the questions and we'll, we'll wrap. We'll, we'll wrap. So we've seen Iowa be explosive. We've seen them struggle. Like you mentioned against Minnesota, your prediction this week Badgers, Iowa, and I know there's going to be people out there because all the receivers are hurt that'll go on their whole rants about how Horny Brook stinks. It won't be his fault if the offense sputters. But do they have enough with the running game and the defense to beat Iowa? And if so, what's the score? I, I honestly feel that I think Wisconsin. I think they pull it out. It's at home, and I know the past six meetings have been won by the road team dating back to 2009. But I think there's just something about this team with Wisconsin next man up. I think they can contain Iowa's passing game. They're going to hold up the wide receivers, uh, and I think you know I think Fan will get some yards here and there. But I th- I think they'll ha- Jim Leonard will have a game plan to defend 
the, those two tight, talented tight ends in Iowa side, and yeah, they'll I think Wisconsin will swallow up that running attack. And this Iowa's going to try to run the ball, and if they can do that, that's what sets up the play action that worked so well last week against Ohio State. I will say, uh, offensively, I think if they get the run game going, I mean the key there is run game. If they get run game going, Wisconsin has that ability to you know they'll win. Uh, if if they're forced to pass the ball, even though Iowa gives up 220 some odd yards a game, their pass efficiency is third in the Big Ten, and that's because of the, all their interceptions. They're second in the Big Ten, uh, and Joshua Jackson leads that team. Uh, I think the key there, Wisconsin. I think with behind Jonathan Taylor, Garrett Groshek, and Bradrick Shaw, I think they can get they'll break down Iowa's defense a little bit more, uh, just enough uh, to pull out a win. I, I will say. They're not going to cover the spread. No, but, not no. Twelve and a half is what it is right now. Right, I'll say twenty-four, fourteen. I think Wisconsin leads for a good part of the game, uh, or, or you know they'll they'll have a a, lo- a short lead or a tight lead, and then they they pull it out later. Uh, they pull it out with a you know a game ceiling touchdown or a game ceiling field goal to make it twenty-four, fourteen. How about you? Uh, Twenty-three, twenty. Edgers win in a close one. Um, I think they'll find themselves late, but they're going to struggle offensively early while they try to figure out how to uh, – because Iowa, you know, is going to sell out for the run. So they're going to have to figure out a few things. There's going to have to be enough plays made by Hornerbrook just to keep drives alive. You know, he again, he's not going to be the guy who wins the game for you. I think they win 23-20. And then quickly back to the Packers, I like the Bears 24-16 in that one. Yeah, I, I think uh, – I'll go uh, – let's see. Uh, I'll go twenty four twenty Bears. Uh, I think you know we'll we'll see what what happens and if if Hundley and and it's not even Hundley, it's the rest of the team. If that defense can just act. Yeah, Hundley's it, Hundley's not going to win you games. You're gonna, he's going to need help. So if they lose again, it's not going to be on Hundley. I mean, unless unless the defense holds the Bears to ten and the Packers lose ten to nine, it's going to be hard to lay it all on on Hundley. I think the defense, even against this terrible, terrible receiving core, is going to give up yards and, and give up 24 points. Right. So, no, that's a uh, – yeah, that's my prediction. Um, but, you know, we'll come back next week. We, we'll break down, obviously, a lot more. We'll hopefully talk more – talk Bucks for the first time in their season, even though it's been a disappointing start. Uh, we'll see what, what happens with Eric Bledsoe. And then – uh, go from there uh, and then talk more basketball. We'll see how Wisconsin and Marquette have started, how they've started the season. Uh, obviously, we'll talk more Packers. We'll talk more Badger football as well. Scotty, anything else before we take it home, brother? Uh, apparently, I've lost Scotty for a second, uh, but for that matter, that means we're going to take it home. So, uh, on behalf of the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, this is Jay Kokorowski. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you guys follow us at KielbasaKingsWI on Twitter at B5Q. And, guys, we'll talk to you guys next week. Dosa Pechenia here on the Kielbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza.